0: Hi, Jay Nights, and welcome back to the What the Austin podcast. Today I'm joined by the lovely Habiba from the bookstagram page Habiba Reads Books. So, welcome, Habiba, it's great to have you on the podcast.
1: Yeah, hi everyone. I'm looking forward to recording this episode.
0: I know, we've had this, this has been like in the diary a long time. So we've definitely been. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) finally.
0: I know, finally we've got here, which is amazing. Um, So the question that I ask all of my guests is what got you into Jane Austen originally?
1: Um, I think my story is a bit boring because um, we did. Pride and Prejudice for GCSEs so that was that was how I got into it and um, it was actually I think my second classic book uh, I'd ever read like English classic so um, yeah there I was studying it and then um, our teacher was very enthusiastic and very passionate and then she obviously um, we watched the whole of the um, 19 is it 1995 Uh, the the tv yeah, show 95. yeah and then we all just literally i remember even like our science teacher popped in to see the darcy lake scene uh, i mean yeah getting darcy, drenched yeah. scene yeah but um yeah that was it and i think i really connected with uh obviously elizabeth and generally because i've always kind of wanted to be a writer so um i loved the witty rapport that Jane Austen did like with her characters that that was the thing that I was like yeah you know what I I really love this and I didn't care about my exams I just care about the book I was just like um but yeah that was the kind of like my Jane Austen uh story and yeah it was actually Pride and Prejudice <laughs>
0: I love that, you know, it's not a bad one to start with. It's definitely interesting though, you know, I'm so gutted, I never got to study Pride and Prejudice at school. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, maybe that's, you know, a good thing for the rest of the people who are in my class, because can you imagine, I'm just (laughs) like, this is my area.
1: (laughs) Yeah, plus there's always like um, a danger, you know, when you get introduced to something as, you know, in school, then you might end up hating it. So it's a good thing that you didn't get into it
0: from school. that is so true to be fair like when you're analyzing every little thing and like some of the the stuff yeah. just like that's a little bit too deep I think for this book yeah. I agree I think sometimes it can be a little bit too intense and going through everything like line by line chapter by chapter yeah um, yeah can be a bit much but if you've got a good yeah. English teacher I think it makes a world of difference
1: exactly yeah
0: that's amazing. So in today's episode, what we thought we'd do is a Mrs. Bennett character study. So um we're gonna look at a character and me and Habibu were chatting about this that mm-hmm. we've kind of got loads of different thoughts on Mrs. Bennett this yeah. time. I think initially, I always just thought of her as like a, a humorous character. But then on this like you know looking at it for this episode I've just like got so many more ideas I think you're the same have right? yeah
1: yeah we've kind of con- gone a bit deep haven't we like um we've looked at things you know from different like cultural points of view as well which hopefully will be interesting
0: yeah absolutely um so I think probably the best place to start is actually how she's introduced to the the text like right off the bat because I feel like mm-hmm. even the first line which is like obviously iconic saying like it's a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a large fortune must be yeah. a wife. And then it also says about the fact that um, men who come to the neighborhood are like considered property of mm. these mums' daughters, like even before they've met them. Yeah. I think yeah. It's fascinating. Like what o- the book opens basically with Mrs. Bennett's perspective on life.
1: Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say that um, it begins with mrs bennett's perspective like it begins with what she would have thought um and kind of like i feel like it establishes her as quite a strong character and and it gives the the reader like uh, something to kind of like it, it, i suppose it, it challenges the reader like what do you think what do you think about this right and then she starts off with another is let last and you know we're just like they're like okay w- what's up with this <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so true it's like you don't know whether or not it's being like sarcastic and funny and just like making fun of the situation but then you also Mm -hmm. know that like this is obviously going to be a significant part of the book like marriage is going to be significant in this story yeah i love that as well that it's like right off the bat it's mrs bennett like coming in with like i need to tell you what's going on a lot of mrs bennett's character is this, this like gossiping and just knowing what's going on in her like town
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was just about to say like, how funny it is, because it's like, um, her conversation with Mr. Bennett, and he's just the most blase character you could ever get. He's just there like, you know, I can just imagine him pottering about in his library. And he just doesn't care. Whereas she's just there, like, in full-on energy mode. Like, you know, it's so funny. (laughs)
0: Like, this is my time to shine. This is what I understand about the world. Which I think is really interesting because I feel like once you are married, like, your focus then is to get your daughters married. Like, that is her, like, prime goal. She's not really interested in much else. I think later in the book it even says, like, as soon as Jane turns 16, that was, like, her main purpose in life. It was, like, getting her daughters married. (laughs)
1: yeah it's it's cool because she's literally such a singular character singularly minded character that um, she just she doesn't have like a car- character development really, and it's amazing actually. You know, it it kind of pulls everything together. It's like you know, Lizzie obviously she changes. Um, Lydia changes. You know, Darcy, who I'm sure we can say a lot about how Mrs. Bennet feels about him. He changes, but Mrs. Bennet is just there, like you know, the same throughout. This you know, obsessed with marriage. You know, obsessed with her her daughters um looking good in front of everyone even to the detriment of like their neighbors who are really good friends with them um it's it's pretty funny
0: yeah I think you made such a good point there as well because the book starts out with mrs Barrett, but mrs bennett in the last chapter, the mm-hmm. first couple of lines are dedicated to Mrs. Bennett as well. It basically says, like, you would have hoped that because both of her daughters married so well, that it would change yeah. her, like, stance on life. But it literally says it didn't. She was still, like, <laughs> occasionally super nervous. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, it just makes me think, well, um you know, who was Jane Austen annoyed with to have to paint this kind of a character? <laughs>
0: I know, it makes you think about Jane Austen's mom. Like, was she like this? Because it's kind of hard to believe considering exactly. both of her daughters didn't marry in the end. It's like, was she like mm. that? I can't even imagine. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I also think as well, um, back on like kind of the gossip inside of Mrs. Bennett, mm-hmm. um, I was actually astounded with how kind of socially savvy she is. There's like a moment when um, Mr. Collins comes to tea and he's talking about um de Berg. And he's like, I didn't see, and, and Mrs. Bennett says to Mr. Collins, like, I didn't see her in the um, the announcement for who's at court. Is she not in court? And I was like, she's on it.
1: And she's so, she's so nosy. <laughs> you can just imagine, you know, obviously we have to bring Bri- Bridgerton into this. You can imagine that she would be the first one to read um, the, what do you call it? The, 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 the pamphlet.
0: Yeah, Yeah. That's so true. She literally would. She wants to know what's going on with everyone. And also what gets me about her as well, she's not shy about saying her comments Mm on other people, which I kind of love because I think she's so proud and loves her family that much that she's like, no one beats my family.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you know what's funny is that she's um, literally like how a lot of Pakistani mums are and Arab mums. They are literally like that. They have no chill. They literally... (laughs) like um okay my mom i can actually imagine not to that extent yeah um, my mom, bless her, she's a bit shy, but, um, I can just imagine her just saying, Oh, yeah. Well, um, so my daughter is like this and that, and my son is like this and that. What about yours? You know, I could just imagine it happening. Um, and also like the, they, they ask it and uh, they ask like others in such a like patronizing way. So, so what about, you know, so and so? Did they, um, end up finishing their degree or something like that? You know, like it might be something that they know has happened
0: yeah <laughs> I and mean, that's something that we were chatting about a lot like before we came on the episode because yeah. i think it is like like totally significant that actually there are a lot of traditions and cultures where mrs bennett is not an obscurity like she is like you know people that you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day which i think is like super interesting to think about as well and i think why um because i sent you obviously that article that i read a few yeah. years back actually but where it was saying like why mrs bennett and in- just Pride and Prejudice in general is so significant in kind of South Asia and everything. And I was like, you know what? it's so true. And so many of my friends have said the exact same thing that you have, but literally just like, that is my yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: she, generally, Mrs. Bennet is actually more like my paternal grandma. Like, my paternal grandma is this little old thing, but she has a massive personality. And she also, she'll say anything to anyone you know she it doesn't matter literally i can just imagine her meeting uh, literally the queen uh sorry the king and um being like oh yeah, so, so by the way you know what's happening with your sons or something i don't know it just i can just imagine she wouldn't care
0: i love that but that isn't that the great thing about mrs bennett as well that like she doesn't care that mr darcy everyone's like mr darcy's this wealthy like you know prestigious guy and she's just like no she, i love the point that she makes out that like sir william lucas is like a better breeding because he actually like has things to say and is really kind and she just said yeah. that straight to mr darcy's face yeah exactly
1: yeah yeah the whole the whole um uh, when there was the the dinner and she's just going on and on about jane as well and darcy's just there like getting more and more uncomfortable <laughs> mrs Bennett is just not stopping
0: <laughs> like doesn't know what to say she's also kind of harsh about some people like whenever she talks about charlotte lucas i don't know if you notice this so she was like charlotte lucas is so plain and then everyone yeah. else is like She's not that bad, mom like, let's yeah. if She's plain, like clear. <laughs> not like my Jane, and then it's like Jane's just there, like so embarrassed. Like, oh my god, no!
1: Bless Jane.
0: I know. I feel like Jane like takes on so much responsibility. Like she wants her parents to be proud of her. She wants to, you know, marry well for her family.
1: Yeah, elder daughter syndrome, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't think Mrs. Bennett like, realises the pressure that maybe she puts on Jane, uh, with, like, her constant, like, shenanigans about everything.
1: Yeah, Jane's not getting the carriage, she's gonna go on horseback.
0: Like, that scheming, where she's like, you're gonna go, and then I love that she never wants her to come back, where she keeps being like, she can't come back yet, she's too ill, and yeah. Jane and Elizabeth are like, I want to come home, and she's like, no, it can't, you can't come home until Tuesday. <laughs> it's
1: like yeah exactly yes
0: there are some mums that would go to that length they're like look I know what's best for you this person's best for you and we're gonna make it happen yeah exactly she's a mover and shaker in that sense
1: let's talk about I think Lydia because it's quite funny they're basically mirror images of each other but Lydia's actually allowed to kind of I suppose express herself and do things um which perhaps you know I remember um, Mrs. Bennet says, you know, I used to like a red coat myself, you know, so that there's a bit of that where she's she's not able to do what Lydia is. But then um, she fully, like, encourages her and she's just like, yeah, you know, Lydia, go off and, you know, have fun. And, you know, it's quite modern <laughs> if you think about it. She's, she's not, she, on the one hand, she's, like, pushing for marriage. On the other hand, she's like, yeah, you know, but let's be a bit um, kind of modern about it. And uh, Lydia, go off and uh, choose someone yourself or maybe even just have fun you know she's she's not really questioning Lydia about what she's doing
0: isn't that so interesting there's like such a difference with how she treats like the old daughters where she's like you've got to marry well it's gotta be good like I'm gonna sort it I'm gonna scheme it for you and then she Mm -hmm. is so chill with Lydia I don't know if it's because she sees herself and Lydia and she's like I don't get to have fun anymore so I'll live vicariously yeah
1: You know, no one has compassion on my nerves, you know, and this is all because I was allowed to have fun myself, um, you know, so let Lydia have the fun instead.
0: Yeah, literally. And also it might come into, like, some regrets that she also has about marrying Mr. Bennett because I think the book makes it really clear that obviously Mr. Bennett married Mrs. Bennett for her looks alone, really, and then realised that they had, like, nothing in common. It's really strange as well because Mr. Bennett obviously is really witty, likes to think about things on like a deeper level, you know, and likes yep. to read and all of it. And Mrs. Bennett can't even get a head around the entailment system, let alone anything else. Like yep. literally her specialty is society. And that's something that Mr. Bennett just doesn't care about.
1: He just wants his library, like when uh, Mr. Collins um, comes. But Mr. Bennett is upset because he's like, I just wanted my library by myself you
0: know he's like staying in the library with him and he's like, literally just like oh my gosh please leave like why, why are you in my space
1: it's interesting because that that kind of um made me think well mrs bennett does sort of understand her husband because um, she she gives him that space. You know, if he's upset about um, Mr. Collins taking up that space, that means that she must give it. You know, it's like she's, she's actually come to a tacit agreement with him that, yep, that's your space. And, um, you know, she actually upholds it. Like, she doesn't um, encroach on his space, does she? So I, I think that's interesting.
0: That's true, actually. I think the book tries to kind of sometimes emphasise like the ways in which it doesn't work. But I think they actually have a good balance where she is interested in the social things and is concerned about her daughter's marrying, which at the end of the day, because the estate's entailed away, like her anxieties around that are not unfounded. Like she's scared they're going to be like destitute, you know? And so I can kind of get why she's like worried about it at the end of the day. In compared to Mr. Bennett, she does actually like, get things done doesn't she exactly
1: you know there's also the bit where she goes um, you know I met Mr Darcy and he was probably the worst person I've ever met Mr Bennett I wish you were there because you would have been savaged <laughs> like you would have you know put him down put him in his place. I thought that was really funny and she does get she does game
0: I love that she's so protective of her own society and mm-hmm. proud of her society I don't think that's a bad thing
1: yeah, um she says something like, um, we see four and twenty families, you know. So you know, we have a very thriving society up here. <laughs> Dorsey is just and Bingley as well. Um, Dorsey's just there like, What is this woman? And Elizabeth is just getting and Jane, they're both getting so embarrassed, they're thinking, Mom, please just be quiet. <laughs>
0: I know, but I kind of love her for that. I love that she's like, you know, I'm going to tell you that Meriton, we have stuff going on, you know. But I think she should say what they've actually got going for them. And I kind of love that she does big Jane up as well. She's like, my daughter is the most beautiful in the town. And I just, I mean, that would be so embarrassing. I'd honestly die inside if my mum said that. But at the same time, Mr. Bingley does end up going for Jane in the end. And I think a lot of it is. They're both so shy that I feel like they would have struggled to come to that alone. I think Mrs. Bennett's influence does make a big difference.
1: Yeah, Mrs. Bennett used her karmic energy (laughs)
0: just
1: to to kind of like push it forward.
0: They kind of run to each other for safety. They're like, oh my gosh, let's just let's make this work because we can't handle your mother's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think something that we were touching on as well um, when we were chatting prior, though, is there are aspects of like Mrs. Bennett that is quite sad. Like, I think she maybe is quite lonely, and that's why she often gossips. And I think it does maybe stem from some insecurities that if her family, well, her daughters don't marry well, it's like a bit of a crisis for them.
1: And there's a bit when uh, after. Elizabeth rejects Mr Collins and Mrs Bennet talks to probably one of the most sensible people in the whole book and that's Charlotte right and she says um basically that I'm on my own nobody cares about me and I thought that was really sad uh she's like no one sees it from my point of view and it it links to you know what you were saying before, that she's really worried about them perhaps, you know, falling into destitution or something. And it makes you sad because if Mr. Bennett had been kind of like working with her because, you know, he's her life partner, then there wouldn't have been a, that kind of like loneliness. Like even if they had a clash of characters or whatever, if they've been working together on trying to get their daughters you know married into good families or married to a good person then she wouldn't have perhaps felt so alone she probably feels like both of my eldest daughters are not in the position that i thought they would be like you know at the start of the book she was quite you know hyper <laughs> but um you know at this point she's like you know what am i supposed to do Um, you know I feel so alone and I I felt kind of sad that she's not able to talk to her own family about it she ends up talking to uh, Charlotte instead
0: yeah that's so interesting as well and also I think unfortunately because she's like a woman she doesn't have like the power to just go and like meet she has to have Mr Bennett go and introduce them to other people or other men have to introduce them so she's like also kind of restricted on the influence she can actually have on the situation which must give you so much anxiety because you can't do something yourself about it, even if you know what needs to be done.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like at the start of the book, and she says to Mr. Bennett, You need to go to Netherfield. And he's just there, like, Why? You know, what's it got to me- do with me? And uh, she's like, No, don't you know that? You know, we need to get our daughters married. And, you know, um, and he he just makes fun of her and he's like, Is that his design? You know. And uh, she's like, You know, <laughs> what are you yes? saying?
0: Hell yes. <laughs>
1: She's she's probably like you know who am I dealing with?
0: Literally, <laughs> oh. yeah. I think that's the probably one of the reasons that she gets so nervous and gets like so much anxiety about it all because I think she has a lot of pressure but can't relieve her own pressure. In I think that maybe even mm-hmm. started like the more children that they had, but continued to not have a son because that's the a lot son. of pressure on yeah. her as well. Like that she's never having this son, and then she's like, oh my gosh, what we're we gonna do now? and I've got like five daughters.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, And, you know, all of this stuff that she says about, you know, her nerves, um, you know, it's probably valid that she does feel like her nerves are strained constantly because she's having to think about this, um, her daughter's futures all the time. And, you know, and she's been having to do the work for both parents for mother and father so um, even though Mr Bennett obviously takes it pretty lightly and he gives his usual sardonic reply and says, your nerves have been my friend of 23 years and I actually feel sorry for her at that point and it's been an interesting read because my opinion on Mrs Bennett it's so different to when I first read it like when I first read it I thought oh my god just shut up," <laughs> you know and this time I was like oh poor poor woman you know it just you know just give her some slack you know help her out a little bit you know all of them are there like wishy-washy like oh love all oh, this and that and she's like being pragmatic she's like there's certain things that in society that we have to deal with and, you know I'm the only one who's actually looking at it
0: yeah and keeping tabs on what's going on like she knows when people are coming into the neighborhood that they can like yeah you know meet up with and stuff like she is keeping tabs on everything in yeah, I agree. I think it is kind of sad that she is kind of put in this position and doesn't have any backup from anybody else. And um, no, maybe yeah. they, again, that's why she like really likes Lydia because um, when Lydia comes back with Wickham after they've married... Um, like, Lydia's saying, like, oh, mum, you can, like, come and visit me, and, like, we can do yeah. this and that together, and it made me think, like, actually, I can imagine Lydia is the one that she feels closest to, because they're so similar in personality and in traits and everything, that maybe, actually, Lydia was the only one that she felt she was heard by, and, actually, that's kind of sad, because Mr. Bennett does kind of just take the mick out of her all the time, um, yeah. when actually she's literally trying to safeguard their future um exactly yeah (laughs) it's like kind of extreme and you can kind of see as well when the gardeners come because she says you know I'm really glad that you're here and like that she's got this company and she does it states that she likes having friends around and stuff and I thought you know I feel like she's more lonely than I kind of yeah yeah exactly
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, Lydia's probably the only one who actually wants to spend time with her mum. Uh, maybe that's that's uh, something that's pretty like, sad as well. Like, you know, you have um, all these daughters and you think, oh, you know, um, I have a lot of company. I have, um, you know, uh, someone that's going to listen to me, someone that I can teach stuff to. But the daughters don't seem to want to. They just think she's very silly. And they don't seem to want to kind of like learn anything from her or spend any time with her. And maybe if she was less stressed out or less, you know, uh, feeling like she's on her own, maybe she wouldn't be as embarrassing as, you know, uh, they think she is. Maybe, you know, that's a possibility.
0: I agree. And also, we've got to give her some credit. Like, she's not done that bad of a job. At the end of the day, they had no governess. Um, they mm, didn't go yeah, anywhere for schooling. She raised like five daughters yeah. on her own.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bless her.
0: <laughs> no, I think she's trying her best. But I agree. I feel like the first time that I read it as well, I just kind of saw her for the embarrassing sides of it. And I feel like the the films really play into that as well, like the humorous side, mm-hmm. the kind of more embarrassing side, because I feel like the film and the the TV series. Uh, I mean, both actresses do a fabulous job of like yeah, yeah. the character, but they do kind of play on I, yeah. the more like embarrassed inside. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um, I noticed also something interesting that I I watched the film for the first time recently. Um, I'd always avoided it because I thought, you know, it's just absolutely rubbish. But I loved it actually i maybe because i hadn't <laughs> i hadn't watched the tv series in a long time so i actually loved it because i think it got a sense of the book quite well like it, the atmosphere was built really well that was what i felt like anyway and uh in the tv show i feel like mrs Bennett is a lot is portrayed as a lot more kind of like elderly and quite hysterical and things like that but in the movie, I felt like she was more infantile, more girlish. Um, you know, it, 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 I found that really interesting. Like people have different, uh, obviously, interpretations of her, and I found those two different interpretations really interesting. That um, you know, in in the um, in the, in the TV series, she's very much that you know that kind of like uh, the woman left on the shelf. Now she's 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 a crone or whatever. Um, You know, and she's always, like, talking about her nerves and stuff. Whereas in the other one, like, you really get to see that girlish side to her. I don't know if that's um, something that you picked up on. or
0: Yeah, I think as well. I think she comes across a little bit more confident and powerful in that one as well. Because I think especially in the moment when Lizzie refuses Mr. Collins, she's like you know, like, you need to do this. This is like, think about your whole family. This isn't just about you. Like, you can't be selfish in this. And also with um, another bit that stands out to me is when they find out that Mr. Bingley's coming back and she's not, like, weird about it. She's like, "What? what's going on here? But it's like trying to keep her cool at the same time. I feel like she just has a little bit more gumption in that in the film compared yeah, to the TV. Yeah. I think she does come across a little bit more fragile in the, the BBC mm. version compared to the film.
1: Yeah, yeah, I felt that as well.
0: Although, honestly, nothing cracks me up more than the scene where she's running and all the geese are everywhere. And she's like, Lizzie, Lizzie! Yeah, yeah, I was
1: actually thinking about that. Like, she actually pelt's it down, like, follows after Lizzie and it's quite, it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> and all the geese are, like, flying everywhere. I was like, oh my gosh, like, she is, she's determined. This is a moment. in. I think the thing is as well, like, she says about Elizabeth being headstrong, but I feel like her mum's quite headstrong as well. Like, we've said that in some of the examples where she speaks out when most people wouldn't um, in, you know, she knows what she wants for her daughters and she's, like, willing to go to great lengths to get it.
1: Yeah, I I was actually thinking um, just, uh, like, this morning, I was thinking the daughters that she's most like are Lydia and Lizzie. Um, like Lydia, obviously the comparisons are very obvious, but Lizzie also kind of doesn't, um, she doesn't really see who's in front of her and she will say her opinion, if, you know, um, yes, she's a bit more restrained um and you know perhaps a bit more refined but um lizzie will ask uh, like she will challenge the person and i feel like that is something that she gets from her mom definitely not from her dad and i found that really interesting um you know she she's uh she she herself probably doesn't realize um and mrs bennett probably doesn't realize but they actually have that connection and i found that just interesting just that oh Lizzie is quite a lot like her mom, and she's also the one that her mom likes least. So I I just wondered, like, oh, you know, that that's quite an interesting little thing.
0: Yes, I love that point so much. I think it's so true, and I can kind of see why you clash because if it's like an aspect of your own personality that kind of irritates yourself in a sense, and then you see that in one of your daughters, you're like, like, why are you doing this? But you don't recognize that actually it's just a reflection of yourself. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> no i kind of love that you're right though lizzie has no filter and that is just like yeah. her mom like lizzie will say stuff that's like to mr darcy like she's open like yeah and, like rude and stuff. she gets embarrassed by her mum, but she does the same thing
1: <laughs> exactly and um it, it, i think obviously the reason that her mum gets so upset by her or gets so upset by lydia uh, sorry, lizzie is that um you know, it's it's thwarting her own plan, because, you know, this girl is never going to get married if she, you know, I'm married, I'm settled, I can say whatever I want. But Lizzie needs to have some decorum, like her sister, Jane, you know, why is she like this? Uh, whereas um, you might have to think that I've led by example, you know, and that's why uh, she, she's like that. She's, uh, yeah.
0: That's so true. And I think in the book as well, it states that like Mrs. Bennet was upset that Mr. Bennet wasn't considerate and kind to all of his daughters like hmm. it, was, it was a clear favoritism towards yeah, him, yeah and that might be as well because that would be like super frustrating. Yeah. like why don't you love all of your daughters equally like uh-huh. why aren't you giving them the same attention like stop calling them silly exactly. girls like you're affecting their self-esteem yeah.
1: <laughs> god imagine doing a psychoanalysis of the family
0: <laughs> oh my gosh don't! it makes you think honestly And no, i love at the end of the book as well that it says that um Mr. Bingley and Jane, I think they lasted it never feel for like twelve months before they had to move because they couldn't be so close to Mrs. Bennett.
1: Exactly. <laughs> she's she still had no chill. You know, it's probably like, okay, you're married now, where are the kids? You know? Um <laughs> you know, she's probably
0: asking <laughs> I can totally see that being the case, honestly. It's like Yeah. (laughs) It'd just be one thing after another. That is so true. Um, And also she still does have a couple of daughters to marry off. I think them marrying so well obviously Mm -hmm. would take the pressure off because it means that um, the the two eldest daughters can help find husbands for the younger ones then, which I think it does mean the book happens, like it does, um, you know, help their prospects. Um, which again mm-hmm. mrs bennett has foresight with that like she does say it obviously she says in front of everyone mm-hmm. i was thinking she that knows amazing, but yeah she's like i know what's gonna happen when they marry like it's gonna be good good news for us all um i don't know whether it was like weird for her to say it out loud obviously because it's kind of like a bit rude to do that but also mm-hmm. i was like maybe for her though it's like a status thing you know like in in your own society like it's got to be I feel like if you are Mrs. Bennett, it's important that you kind of leave your mark, and you're like, you know, this yeah. is what this is what we're all aiming for, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and maybe that's why she's always like kind of um, competing with uh, Lady Lucas, because she's like, yeah. So, so by the way, you know, my daughter Jane, and you know, she's kind of like she she's very aware of the status um, that she probably wants to climb to, and the one that she currently has as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it seems like a pretty small town so everybody already knows everyone's business anyway yeah. so I feel like you'd want to take charge of the narrative and be like everything is good, Jane's got this guy going on and this is what's happening here and I don't think Mister Dar- like, I do think Mr. Darcy appreciates the fact that he's walked into their world in a sense and this mm. is what they've always done they all all gossip and it's like when yeah. Mr. Wickham runs off of Lydia and then suddenly everybody has a story about Mr. Wickham, about why he's a bad guy and it's like yeah where did that come from why was everyone keeping that quiet
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) but the truth is that everybody just knows what's like going on with each other um yeah yeah i don't know why he i don't know if you feel the same way it's like you know he stepped into their world in a sense
1: He's just uh, obviously he's really rigid, so um, that that's the one thing about him. Like he kind of like knows what he's at, and then he kind of like thinks that um, everyone should accept the way he is, and kind of like mold themselves around it. Um, you know, that's literally not what reality is. I'm saying this despite being a huge Mister Darcy fan. Um, uh, you know, he just kind of like doesn't get that. People are different. There's odd characters. There's idiosyncrasies everywhere. Um, And he's just there like, oh, yes, but, uh, you know, people need to behave properly. Like, you know, why is Mr. Collins, for example, coming over to me and, um, you know, introducing himself?
0: What I love about it is Mr. Darcy's like, this was a terrible introduction and everybody else can see that. But Mr. Collins goes back to Lizzie and is like, fabulous introduction. We did so well there. He was vibing with (laughs) me.
1: oh i love it mr collins just makes me laugh so much
0: if like me you love taking a break from your modern life to escape into jane austen's world of handwritten letters romantic rendezvous and long walks in the countryside you will love the house of bennett shop house of bennett offers stickers pins jewelry totes shirts and so much more all themes around your favourite classic literature and period dramas, including Jane Eyre, Anne of Green Gables, Little Women, and of course, the works of Jane Austen. Head over to houseofbennett.com, that's H-A-U-S-O-F-B-E-N-N-E-T dot C-O-M, and use my code WHATTHEDISCOUNT for 15% off at the checkout. So once again, that's houseofbennett.com, and use my code WHATTHEDISCOUNT for 15% off.
1: Mrs. Bennett is actually someone who's a great example of um, so she's an example I use when I'm teaching about how words can change meaning. And the word "gossip um, it, I don't know if you know this, but it used to mean an old woman, um, But uh, yeah, then <laughs> then it changed the meaning, uh, changed over time. Uh, to now mean the verb gossip as in talk about rumors and things like that um and i'm i'm always referring to mrs bennett and i'm like yeah so by the way she's probably one of the reasons that the word changed meaning
0: <laughs> that's so interesting that i've honestly never heard that before that's fascinating oh my gosh at the end of the day i don't know what else you would be able to do as a woman um like in regency england because there's not much you can do with your time. You know what I mean? You can like embroider yeah, and yeah. you can do some other bits, but I feel like gossiping's like yeah. your pastime.
1: Exactly. Uh it's it's the it's the spice of life because you know, what else are you supposed to be doing, you know, painting tables or embroidering or, you know, being accomplished in a quaint way, apparently.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's like a weird dynamic as well between like what people consider acceptable for women to talk about as well. So it wasn't, you weren't really like able to go and be like, I've got some big ideas here. Like, this is how we're going to change the world, guys. Because everyone would be like, that's so improper.
1: Can you just imagine someone saying, so by the way, quantum physics, let's talk about that. And everyone's just there like, um, okay, she's gone mad, let's take her to the asylum.
0: I feel like their conversations were kind of framed as well. It was like, these are the things they are acceptable to talk about.
1: And Mrs. Bennett really, really uh, takes that home and runs away with it.
0: I think so. And I think as well, like, I don't think she um sees things outside of her own town mm. either because i think you really see that when wickham and lydia run away because when they elope together mm-hmm. she's not worried about the elope as soon as they're married she's not worried about the elopement anymore she's worried yeah. about like if they're gonna get the w- best wedding clothes and whether or not uh, yeah. mr Bennet will give them money and that's what concerns her more mm-hmm. than like the impact of the fact that her daughter like ran off with this guy and it's interesting that she has like such kind of short-sightedness with that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I think uh, also it's um, perhaps a coping mechanism on her side. Um, You know, if she did start thinking about other things, then it would probably kind of really you know she's already got an apparently nervous disposition but um it would probably like wreck her mental health completely because she'd be like oh my god you know my daughter's ruined and what are people probably saying about her um so instead and she does this throughout the book she kind of like um probably puts it all in a box throws it away you know and deals with what she has in front of her you know um she kind of it's, it's great actually she knows what she is having to deal with like right in front of her and she doesn't bother with anything else
0: yeah and I think you're probably right that's a good coping mechanism to have um in that day and age when she's got all of these like you know pressures that she's got to deal with I think I think the fact that she can kind of like you know, put things into little packages and be like, that's done with. We're not going to like worry about that too much anymore. Like, we're yeah. sorted. It's fine. um I think is probably the only way that she can survive, like going mm-hmm. through life. And again, that's an actually example where her and Mr. Bennett aren't that dissimilar because he does the same hmm. thing. He's just like, yeah, bye bye. And yeah. you know, there are ways in which they are actually really similar
1: yeah yeah it's it's really funny because um they're a really funny like example of marriage um you know uh mr bingley he, he you can tell obviously he married her for her looks we you know um he, he's like oh you're just as handsome as your daughters you know mr Bingley. Uh, sorry did i say mr bingley mr bennett um yeah mr bingley would uh probably think you're just as handsome as your daughters and she's like she takes him very seriously and she's like don't be so silly i used to be handsome and uh, all of that um but then they don't really see how they're like similar and i've completely forgotten where i was going with this but they yeah
0: <laughs> do exactly they have mo- the, the the point is they just have moments don't they where it's like you you look at them and you're like i feel like the book emphasizes why they're dissimilar and why their marriage doesn't work but somehow actually they do have similarities and their marriage does work
1: yeah yeah it, it somehow does work um i think it's a really great uh kind of like Um, commentary on marriage. Like, when you marry someone, don't marry them for their looks, basically. Marry them uh, for some of the other qualities, at least. You know, you need to look at the person's personality as well. And obviously, there must have been something to do with the social background of Mrs. Bennet's family as well that would have drawn Mr. Bennet to her and vice versa. Um, But generally, it seems like he knew nothing of her Aside from her looks, it was just like, okay, there she is, presented to him on a plate, and he said yes. She went along with it, and um, that was it, done and dusted. (laughs) Um, but, But now it's like, you know, so many years on, over 20 years on, and we see that, you know, the marriage didn't just end there, and they had to deal with the actual people, you know? And it makes you wonder, like, what is... Um, Jane Austen saying about marriage as well like you know uh, young love is all great and everything but how are these young people going to be dealing with each other when um, you know they've been married for d- decades
0: yeah like beauty fades like what do you have left after that point if you didn't marry for anything other than looks And yeah I feel like the whole book often is like so much commentary on different marriages and maybe the reason that Mrs. Bennet um, seeks or like seeks like i don't really know what like kind of counsel in a sense from charlotte lucas yeah Yeah. charlotte lucas has like a very pragmatic view on marriage Mm -hmm. she's like yeah it's rare that people marry for happiness and maybe she's literally just like i there's something that she wouldn't want to talk to her daughters about because actually deep down she wants the best for them and she doesn't want them to be kind of um i don't know their idea of what marriage and love could be like to be shaded by what she has with mr bennett um Mm -hmm. and so like she goes to someone with like charlotte lucas who's like you know she thinks well she's clearly got the same view as me because she's like potentially going to be an old maid it's not being all like roses and butterflies for her either Mm
1: -hmm. yeah she's like you know what this young woman gets it you know all hope is not lost right (laughs) she gets it
0: yeah, literally, literally.
1: Mrs. Bennett is such an archetype of Daisy and arab and just generally like more traditional mums. the whole proposal scene i've i've been through this by the way so um it, it's interesting so you know when uh mr collins comes in as well and he's just like oh yes uh, um can i speak to uh, elizabeth on her own and then um when mr bingley comes and he's like and everyone gets it like they know what he's going to talk about and they all leave the room and, you know, it's just uh, sort of... There's so much pressure on, on the young man. But anyway, it, it's quite funny because she's just there, like, trying to listen. Although I haven't been through anything as extreme as, like, you know, my mom listening at the door or, or anything like that, I can just totally imagine it. Like, you know, everyone's just there. My mom was like, you know, what is she saying? Is she saying anything stupid? You know, has she messed it up? I hope she's not, you know, going on too much about her books. <laughs> and mrs bennett is just like that like she's she's so much like um the way that mums are now and um you know in in my culture definitely like you know being pakistani and um you know the other thing is like the way that she she really reminded me of like all those women who weren't able to fulfill a potential right and they they were kind of just um having to live in their little, little worlds and, you know, create something big out of that, because at the end of the day, we're all the main protagonists of our own stories, right? And I just found it so interesting that when I was reading this time, I thought, wow, she's a lot like my grandma. My grandma, she's really quick, she, she's she's witty. The way that she just manages to say whatever she wants and mrs bennett she's got that sense of a, a matriarch and it really reminded me of like how a lot of south asian mums or you know grandmas in a way mrs bennett is ahead of like her time because she doesn't even care about what she says to the men right she you know she she says i thought that was interesting as well isn't it
0: no i i that's something that i really like about her is that she's got that kind of bold personality and it kind of sounds like that that's what you're saying like with your your gran as well that she's got that kind of kind of got that fire under her belly that she can say things because she's literally just like yeah yeah definitely I've I've lived I've done my like whatever and now I'm like you know I'll I'll say my thoughts on things
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and she does. She always has an opinion on, on whatever it is. And, um, you know, bless her. She was just like, um, you know, whatever she knows about, she, she'll kind of like try and make that the topic of conversation. Like, um, I've actually talked to her about something that I find interesting and she'll just rebuff me and be like, you know, well, that's boring. You know, (laughs) why are you talking about that? (laughs) you know um but but she's a great storyteller and i feel like um mrs bennett like if she was given a bit more time in the books she would probably be you know out there telling us uh, some next story about her you know her uh, what's it called her youth and i feel like yeah um
0: That's so yeah, okay. feel- like a bit if that don't we? with like the red coat thing it's like she Adds like a bit yeah, of an element. Yeah. It's like if she had more airtime, I feel like Mrs. Bennett would be like, "Let me tell you my my story and my situation on this."
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> no, I definitely love that, and I think it's so true. And I love that she does have that kind of like more fiery side to her personality mm-hmm. because I kind of feel like without that, she kind of be like bordering on more of like a, a, a Miss Bates kind of character. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. where it's a little bit like kind of mostly sad and no no fire um, but yeah. I love that kind of <laughs> all sad and no fire. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: I, I like uh, she really stands out and I think maybe she stands out more because, you know, now I'm older and I'm able to understand nuances of, you know, society and things like that. Um but also it's like um like you're saying about the fire, Is she's she really like she's like, Okay, I'm not gonna stay quiet, you know, who cares if I'm not living the be- my best life, you know, I'm gonna do what I can for my daughters actually
0: yeah I think that's like a perk of being married as well if you're going to take anything from life, and you like you know that your main objective and, mm-hmm. and goal was to be married I feel like by the time you are married like you may as well take full advantage of that security and be like okay well yeah. now it's my time to share my thoughts
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so forget being like you know demure let's uh, say what we really want
0: yeah she's like you know Pre-marriage is the time to be like sensitive and demure and not like say mm-hmm. your, you know, your thoughts on things. And then she's like, and then once you're married, you can say you can say what you like, and you you tell them if they're like rude. And I love yeah, that she says yeah, that cool. to, like like you said to the men as well because she yeah. she is a, a force to be reckoned with. Really, when she's when she's not mm-hmm. nervous and like you know overcome by her emotions, she's she's mm-hmm. actually got a shiz together.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting what you said because. The daughter that she thinks is behaving most properly and the one that she admires most is Jane, who is like her total opposite. Jane is shy; um, she's she's uh, you know she keeps her thoughts to herself. Um, she even like takes a while to tell Elizabeth things, and she's very close to Elizabeth. But that's the daughter that you know, Missus Bennet is like you know she's my best daughter. She's the best I've got, and she's the one I'm going to like you know boast to everyone about. <laughs>
0: isn't it so weird that the daughter that's like their favorite is the daughter that's like not like <laughs> it's not like either of the <laughs> parents like she's, exactly. it's like where did jane even come from
1: <laughs> i know like jane just sprouted she's like a fa- fairy or something like you know um but but she's the one that you know definitely her mom is like yeah this is my prized possession this is my golden egg guys like you know <laughs>
0: this is the best we've got to offer so she's got to do well and I love that she's like oh I knew you couldn't be so pretty for nothing like oh thank god like I knew yeah. that you were like <laughs> this angelic figure that we just like you know procured um, yeah. and I think it's so funny as well and she knows Mr Bingley's coming back to propose that um she's like trying to find a servant to help um jane get ready and she they say Mm -hmm. and kitty's like trying to say something and mrs bennett's like hang kitty what's she got to do with it yeah (laughs) that always cracks Mm -hmm. me up i think i think a good balance between Mm -hmm. you know she's got her her flaws where she's like obviously really struggling with her nerves and anxiety Mm -hmm. and like that's understandable but also she's a bit of a force to be reckoned with when she you know isn't dealing with that side of things yeah yeah um, and i kind of love that balance i think that's a good I, I think she's got to have both elements because of the her situation in life you know she couldn't be all fire and no worry because
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: she's got all these daughters she's got to marry off it's got to be realistic so yeah. i think austin does a good balance between mm-hmm,
1: definitely and it's interesting um because even with the nerves she doesn't stay quiet she doesn't um like uh you know suffer in silence she's like let me let everyone know that by the way you're all causing me a a lot of pain
0: (laughs) yeah i love that she's not like suffering in silence at all she's literally just like i want you all to know that i'm suffering yes you're the cause of it
1: (laughs) yeah psa
0: (laughs) i just love that it's so funny um, but this has been so fun, though. I really enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, we, I mean, we're, we're already in talks about like other topics, aren't we? Of like uh-huh, what we want definitely. to talk about in the future. So um, I think, you know, you'll definitely be back on, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, I'm, I'm definitely, thank you so much. Like, I really enjoyed this. Like, uh, and I really enjoyed like rereading Pride and Prejudice. And I think I'm going to probably reread all of. The like uh, Jane Austen books over summer now because I'm just like yeah. So thanks, Izzy. Like, you know, really...
0: <laughs> I'm so glad. You know, if I do anything in life, I love sparking people's. Yeah. <laughs> <need them often. laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm like normally if I'm rereading something, I'm feeling guilty, but because I was like literally taking notes, you know, I was just like, uh, you know, I was like, I'm being productive. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm learning new <laughs> stuff
0: for purpose. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh,
1: <laughs> i'm like oh yes i'm going to reread all of austin now so thanks so much i was like it's been a great experience as well and it's been great talking to you today
0: that's good and when you're rereading all of them you also have another purpose because we know we've got like other topics we want to talk about yes
1: yes so much to say uh about emma about Persuasion. you know so much to say
0: (laughs) exactly um do you want to let everybody know where they can find you after the episode
1: yeah sure um so my instagram is at Habiba Reads um so thank you I'd really really appreciate a follow
0: absolutely and you don't just talk about Austin; you talk about all different books um you know so that's like really cool definitely give Habiba a follow over there because um, I always love your content and obviously what drew oh, me to you. your page initially was your like photo with Emma but I've stuck oh. around for all the other stuff so <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you
0: um, but that is everything from us today as always guys you can follow me over on instagram at what the austin for any updates on the podcast and um, if you would like to join the patreon the jay tribe the link for that is also available down below and um, we are actually starting a book club there so um, definitely check that out and see if that's something you'd be up for we've got a great community of fellow Jane Austen fans over there so yeah that's everything from us today and i will see you in another episode